1 Kings chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he travelled for forty days and forty nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. This is the word of God. I wonder if you maybe experienced a bit of disappointment in this week, or maybe in the last few days, or maybe in this year, and maybe you thought, wow, I, I really didn't deserve to be treated like that. This was quite unfair. Maybe you even thought, I wish it wasn't so. Friends, we need to talk about unfairness and disappointment with all that's going on in the world currently. And maybe sometimes we are the source of our disappointment. Sometimes it's other people or organizations or, or even institutions. The Bible actually talks quite a lot about disappointment and often disappointment with God. I'm going to read Habakkuk 
chapter 1, his complaint, he says there, How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. This is how he feels. Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and... You can almost hear a Ukrainian saying these words of disappointment. I want to say a truth this morning that you need reminding of. And that is, God is within and sometimes hidden within your disappointment. Big or small, it doesn't really matter. He is with you in your disappointment. This is what God is about. A God that is present in our suffering, your disappointment. Maybe you're struggling to make friends or to get well, to get a breakthrough. Maybe your disappointment with your failing body or your frail spouse or parent, financial woes, or you've lost all sense of purpose in your life. I don't know what level of disappointment you are at, but you need to hear this. God is with you. Our passage for today helps us with this truth. A couple of things. The first is disappointment is part of life. We live in a broken world. There will be disappointments. I'm not speaking that over you. I think it's a matter of fact. Disappointment and hardship is part of life. Trials and tribulations. Secondly, God is hidden and to be discovered within your disappointment, if you give him a chance, if you draw near to him. And then thirdly, there is hope within disappointment. In our reading that Jane read this morning, Elijah has actually reached a new level of success. We read about this from chapter 17 in, in 1 Kings, being fed by ravens and then conquering the Baal prophets. God is with him. It is very very clear. He almost reaches superhero status. You know that feeling when you're on top of the world, okay? Um, when everything is going your way and there's a, there's a, there's a breakthrough or you get good news, um, you kind of feel like, wow, this is, this is just so great. And you know what the terrible thing is? Is I'm sometimes even a bit skeptical when it's going too well. Have you found that before? It's like, yeah, this is just going too well. This, there has to be a setback in the next hour, and you're almost anxious. When, when is that email or text message going to come through? And this happens to Elijah. He gets feedback from the queen, Queen Jezebel, threatening his life. And it's so peculiar, actually, because he's been on this mountain so successful, conquering all those prophets of Baal. God revealed himself on Mount Carmel, coming down in a column of our devouring, devouring that sacrifice and all the water that's been poured out onto the sacrifice. God has proved his power and his might. But how fickle, how fickle we humans sometimes are. One can only speculate that he must have been very weary or spent or just exhausted after the experience and he gives in he runs away and let's be honest friends we sometimes also reach that point of feeling 
just totally depleted. If you're anything like me, you've reached that point multiple times over the past two years. Kind of just feel you need a break. You need a moment of respite. For Elijah, that moment comes when he rests under the broom tree or a broom bush. Exhausted, he drops down and he prays to God that he wants to die. Elijah fled, ironically, Jezebel into the desert to save his life, but now asks God to let him die. That is best explained by the fact that his flight from Jezebel is driven by fear, which led to exhaustion. Now, his fatigue leads and feeds his despair. But God isn't done with discouraged Elijah. He says, take a moment's rest. Here, eat this. Why not just sleep a little bit longer? Take a break. You know what? God understands your humanity. He created you after all. That you need time to gain your strength or to maybe heal. And after that, God calls you to continue. To continue with the mission. To endure and to persevere. To acknowledge the hardship or the disappointment and to march on. And often only you know when that time comes. And it will be revealed through prayer. Andy Warhol famously said, and I've said this to you, Andy, it doesn't matter how slow you go as long as you don't stop. And perhaps it's time for you today or in this week or when the time comes to pause the wallowing, to shake off the dust, and to continue the journey. Perhaps you're already at your next destination, in the cave, awaiting to hear what God has in store for you. Notice that God appears in a still, small, silent voice. The sound of a gentle whisper contrasts what happened on Mount Carmel with fire and wind and an earthquake. Memories of the ball victory comes to mind. Isn't it true, friends, that God often reveals himself in moments of quietness? Psalm 46 says, Be still and know that I am God. One of the hardest lessons I've had to learn over the years is that God is often hidden in the quiet, in the gentle influences surrounding me, in the voice of a child, maybe a toddler or an infant. In nature, God is working with us and for us. Often we don't see it, we don't hear it, it's not audible, but he is working his way. Martin Laid describes it as follows. He says, this silence is like a gloved hand that clasps the wild hawk of the mind. And, and God is asking Elijah when he reaches that point, ironically because God sent him there, what are you doing here? He's still a bit exhausted and we know this because he speaks untruth. He reflects back and he feels isolated. And he says, there's no one else out there. I'm the only good prophet left. But we know that's not true. We know that there are at least a hundred other good prophets of God, of Yahweh, hidden away in caves. 
What happened? Elijah moved from being God-focused and God-centered to being self-focused. And that's what happens when we struggle and when we battle with disappointment. We often only focus on ourselves. Isn't it funny how the smallest things can sometimes push us over the edge? And so what does God do? He sends him up a mountain to get perspective. What will define Elijah? Will it be his fear of Jezebel, Queen Jezebel on the one hand? Or will it be his faithfulness to God that will shape his mission and his future? The mountain was a setting that would force Elijah to reflect and to think about something other than himself. And I want to encourage you to try that in your disappointment. To try that. When it feels like nothing is going right. When it feels like the world is against you. Climb a mountain. And as that song said, seek God first. And you'll find that the problem is shrinking. And friends, that is why there is always hope. Always hope amidst disappointment. Because God is so much bigger and He cares deeply and intimately for you through the highs and lows of life. One word, incarnation. It was God's ultimate way of identifying with us, with our disappointments. Jesus went through the entire human experience, the blood and pain of birth to the blood and pain of death. As the young Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote down on a note in a Nazi concentration camp, only the suffering God can help. Because of Jesus, we have such a God. Hebrews reports that God can now sympathize with us, derived from the Greek word which means to suffer with. And when we grasp this, when we begin to understand this, we will find our awesome God, hidden even in the darkest of disappointments. We've heard this throughout the last few weeks of testimonies already of how God came alongside Ukrainian refugees and soldiers, protecting the most vulnerable of people, giving safe passage and saving lives as they flee to neighboring countries. While God is not in the fire and the thunder of the bombs. He is in the small, still voice that says, I love you. You are my beloved. I care deeply for you, even amidst your despair and disappointment. And we know that this is probably the insight that led Elijah to take up his calling to continue on the journey, to anoint a new king that will take things forward. We also see this in the way the disciples disappointed Jesus and after his crucifixion and resurrection went on to reinstate them in their vocation in the Mishio day to go out and to make disciples. Friends, disappointments don't define they refine. May that be true for you today and in this week as you climb your mountains and reflect on your disappointments. Remember that God is with you in your despair. 
I want you just for a moment where you are to close your eyes. And if you want, just put your hand or hands on your chest. And I want you to pray this with me in your heart. Just say this along with me in your heart. Lord, life can be quite hard. Filled with disappointments. But these disappointments don't define me. They shape me. And they build character. And ultimately, you define me. You've set me apart for holy purposes much more important than I could ever dream. Help me to be patient with others and myself when I'm disappointed. Give me patience in my suffering. But also supply me with the right amount of encouragement to continue with your mission. I don't understand all the things of life. Why you sometimes feel hidden in my despair or my prayers. But I trust you again and again. Even as I sit under my broom tree or find myself in a dark cave. I want to hear the whisper of everlasting love calling me home. Amen. And so we pray, Lord, when we battle through our disappointments in life, when we are confronted with the winds and the earthquakes and the fire life throws at us, that we will be in tune to your Spirit reminding us of who we really are. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice and that we've been made free because of your obedience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Receive now the blessing of the Lord. <clears throat> May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up His countenance and give you everlasting peace. Amen.